welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 63rd edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're joined today by Jamie O'Hara, a midfielder for the club from 2011 to 2014, making 55 appearances and scoring five goals. Jamie hasn't given many interviews on his time at Wolves and he's exclusively agreed to speak to the Wolf Whistle podcast today on his time at the club. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright mate, I'm alright, how are you? Yes, I'm not too bad. Listen, we had a bit of a chat on Twitter, uh, and you sent a tweet saying, I think I'm ready to tell my story, so first of all, I want to thank you for your time today, uh, and really, the first question is, what? why do you think sort of now's the right time? Well, I just think there's been a good sort of amount of time since I've left the club, you know, the club's moved on, they're doing fantastic well, you know, in the, in the Premier League, and everyone that was kind of there before when I was there has kind of left so it's a new a new dawn for the club and um, you know I've moved on and got used to the stick that I had it with uh, with the Wolves fans and you know kind of just have a little bit of a laugh with them now on talk sport and stuff like that so you know it's all I think everyone's kind of put that sort of uh, bad blood to bed um, and you know I, I've moved on as well Yes you certainly have now what we do right at the start of the podcast, we always go right back to the start of your career. You started at Arsenal from '98 to '03, uh, then you joined Spurs. Um, so, so, what was your time like at Arsenal, Jamie? And how did you get spotted? Well, I, I played for Arsenal as a kid um, through their academy. I was actually at Chelsea when I was kind of like seven or eight years of age. Right. Um, so I was I was always kind of around academies. Went to Arsenal, which was a you know, fact, was the best academy sort of down south at the time. Um, and I was there till sort of I was 17. They offered me, you know, three-year sort of pro deal to go in with their sort of reserves and stuff. But then Tottenham come in and wanted to sign me in and offered a fee. And being a Spurs kind of fan, it was somewhere I wanted to be. And it was closer to my home as well. I wouldn't have had to sort of stay in digs or anything. So um, that was, I wanted to go there. And then and then I moved to, to Spurs. But Arsenal was a, you know, was a, a world-class academy. Yeah, I mean, and then you joined Spurs once again, massive club. You had, you know, great success there. You know, surely you, you enjoyed your time uh, at Tottenham Hotspur. Oh yeah, I mean, it was it was a brilliant, uh, it was a dream come true, really, to you know actually playing the first team for Spurs. It took longer than I wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, I went on loan a couple of times to, to to Chesterfield and Mirwall, which was great for me, learning experience playing in men's football. But um, it took me a bit longer to get into the first team than I anticipated. But once I got there, um, it, it went well for me. I was young, I was hungry. You know, and I was really fit at that time, and um, it was, you know, it was a great, it was a great little spell for me. Now you joined because this is really the part of the podcast that I want to focus on your time at Wolves. Now you joined yeah. Wolves um, 2011, initially on loan, and, and to be fair, it was Mick McCarthy that signed you. And, and during the loan spell, as you know, you was on fire. Um, yeah, I think it was three goals in 14 appearances. It just seemed like the perfect fit for you at the time, didn't it? And, and Wolves at, at the time. Yeah, it was. It was. It was absolutely perfect. I mean, I'd come back from an injury, um, and I was um, and Mick McCarthy uh, wanted me to come on loan. So obviously, it was it was a perfect scenario for me to play 
uh, you know, in the Premier League with Wolves and they were doing well. It was a good club. I loved, uh, you know, Mick and um, it was something I really wanted to do. And it just, everything just kind of worked well in that loan period. I was playing well. I was fit. I was strong. The, the team all of a sudden started winning again. Um, and it was good moments. I scored on the, you know, the final day of the season, which helped keep us up. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was just a really good sort of feeling to be at a club, and you know, I loved it, and you know, that was why I wanted to kind of make it permanent. I mean, from your point of view, there was fantastic security when the deal went permanent. Wolves offered you a five-year contract, and it was at the time where. Um, Wolves were quite renowned, really, for not disclosing their fees on transfers, and it was reported between three point five and five million. I mean, w- yeah. what was it, Jamie? Oh, I, I don't know what the. I, I don't even know how much it was myself, to be honest. Um, yeah, obviously, they offered me a five-year contract, which was obviously, you know, a, a really decent deal. Yeah. Um, I didn't even really have to negotiate the contract, to be honest. Like they, 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 they obviously just put it on the table they didn't really mess around they wanted to get it done because there was a few other teams uh, that wanted me to go there as well so yes. they didn't really kind of mess around and uh, I had a good chat with Mick he, he, he said to me about the sort of plans that he wanted to where he wanted to take the team and, and the players that he was looking to sign uh, and, and it sounded really good and you know I, I thought well, I'll be one of the first signings one of the marquee ones in the summer to sign because I signed pretty early on yes um and and I thought that would have been the start of, of getting sort of some more big name players in. Yeah. I mean, listen, to be honest, we had a team, um, you know, more than good enough uh, of obviously competing, I believe, um, you know, even at the, 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 the lower half of the Premier League. And there was some big signings. Now, you got off to a bit of a fly, really, at West Brom away, scoring that goal. Listen, there, there are a, a few negatives from your time at the club, but there are also some... Huge positives, and that West Brom goal yeah, was the first. Was yeah, the first ever Premier League derby. I mean, what was that like to score in, Jamie? Incredible. I mean, I didn't realise how big that derby was. To be honest, it was a massive game, um, and you know the build-up to that fixture was was immense, and it wasn't something I'd experienced before. I, you know, obviously the the Black Country derby wasn't one that's kind of stood out as one that I thought was a massive fixture, and. Obviously, when I went to Wolves, I realised how big that game was, and um, I mean, obviously, to score a brilliant goal in it, it was it was brilliant. That was when I was riding high. Yeah. You know, the fans were all on side, and it was brilliant for me. And I, I really enjoyed sort of taking it on as being one of the you know the lead players in the team. And yeah, I mean, obviously, I had a terrible time in the end at Wolves, and it really went downhill. But that moment sticks out as a as a memory, you know. And scoring a goal like that was obviously brilliant. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, I was at the game that day and it was a fantastic goal. Um, obviously got rolled back to you, I believe, by Nenad Milias. And then yeah, you Milias, yeah. struck that absolute beauty right in the uh, top bins. Yeah, it was something we worked on in training. When I joined, obviously I said, like, you know, I'm good at the ball coming across the edge of the box. I'm good at curling it and whipping it in. So I said to Mick, you know, let's try and just practice a few of them in training and see, and it might come off if it happens in a game where I peel off the back post and I come round to the edge of the box um, and I scored a couple like that I scored the one obviously at the end of the season which helped yes. keep us up was similar to that as well you know we rolled it across the box and I, I peeled out and scored so it was something we actually worked on it just it just sat right for me that, that sort of technique where it come across the edge of the box it just it fitted my eye to bend it into the corner so um I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was something that, it was a great memory, a great goal, and you know, probably the highlight of, of my time there, really. 
of course and obviously then may 2011 um we i mean it's the first time really i've celebrated a defeat we lost to blackburn 3-2 once again yeah. you scored i mean i suppose as players once again you're celebrating a defeat um but it kept us up i mean what sort of day was that oh it was amazing i mean it was just sort of relief really you know because we was um, trying to dig out results and trying to get there, trying to get it over the line. And when we, we knew that we'd obviously stayed up, it was kind of everything that kind of, um, it was perfect for me because it was the end of the loan deal for me. I wanted to keep the club up. So it was just sort of a massive success, you know, and, and a success story that the loan had worked. And I remember coming in after the game and, and obviously speaking to Mick straight away saying, I want to get this done. I want to sign permanently. I want to be here now. You know, I want to kick on for next season. And that was, you know, that's what I said to him straight after the game. I really wanted to stay at the club and I really wanted to make it work. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't all plain sailing in as much as injuries because I believe you had a, a double hernia and there was quite a nasty groin injury, wasn't there, Jamie? Yeah, so I mean, the following season just ended up being a disaster. I think I started, this, I don't know, 13 or 14 games maybe the start of that season. I can't really remember how many it was. And then um, I picked up a really bad groin injury, which um, was it was a, a tendonitis of the groin, which is a, is a terrible injury. I had pain in, every time I tried to kick the ball, I was... Um, I was in like severe pain so I was getting injections put in you know just to train to play in games I was having injections in my groin because obviously I just wanted to play I just signed you know I just signed permanently and I didn't want to be sitting on the side so um, I was getting these injections into the groin to try and make it better and just try and get me through games yeah. but in the end it was just actually making me it was making the injury worse yes. and my performances weren't good enough you know I, I was carrying it in Injury. I was trying to run around, trying to play on injuries, and you know, at that level in the Premier League, you, you just can't do it. You just, you know, I just lost fitness. I couldn't train because it was I was in pain all the time. So I was, you know, just um, just kind of hobbling out there on Saturday and trying to put in a performance, and it was impossible. There was no way I could keep it up. So in the end, it kind of got to the point where I was like, look, I need surgery. I'm going to have to get this sorted out. Yeah. So I had um, I had a double hernia operation. Um, which they thought would fix it. Um, they thought it was, you know, a hernia problem, which was causing the pain in the groin. So I had that, and it didn't fix it at all. So I done six weeks out, come back, tried to get back training. And as soon as I started kicking the ball again, the pain was still there. So I wasted six weeks and an operation, um, which, which you know, totally, totally done me, you know. And um, I had to have another operation again after that. Yeah, um, which which took just took ages to come back from, and ended up having a release in my groin, which they actually took off um, some of the the muscle of the groin. Actually, it was called a Schindler's release, which was uh, another three months out. Um, and by that point, I, my fitness had just completely deteriorated. The club was in a real bad sort of place, um, and and we were staring at relegation when I kind of tried to get back fit and it was um it was really really sort of tough for me to to take because I wanted to obviously be there and help the boys and help the club and you know my body just kind of just wasn't letting me out on the pitch and the difficult thing is for you Jamie obviously listen Wolves have played paid I should say big big money for you you, you know you're on big yeah. wages and, and so there's a certain pressure around you you want to you want to play um and I suppose it's a bit of a you know Nobody wants to sit on the sidelines and take a wage, so it is hard. But there, I suppose there is times where now, in hindsight, you probably wish you'd have said, "Look, I can't play." 
wish at the start of that season, yeah, I, I wish I got it fixed straight away instead of trying to play through the pain and actually putting in poor performances and not playing well. I was actually, it was detrimental more to me. But because I was always one of these players that just wanted to play and because I'd come in on, yeah, like on big wages, you know, yeah. I was one of the highest earners. Um, they paid a good fee for me. Um, you know, I, I was taking it upon myself. I've got to be out there. I've got to play. So I was just getting these injections in my groin to try and get out there and play. But actually, I was I was just making it worse. And I was making it worse for the team as well because I couldn't play at the, the level of what, you know, I was when I was on loan. So it was, um, it was really difficult for me and really sort of um, a tough time because I just couldn't get on the pitch 100%. Yeah. Now... In, in the first season, to be fair, Jamie, that was a success, as we've spoken about. We finished 17th. In the 11-12 season, we, we, we finished bottom. Once again, I don't think Wolves fans were expecting much more in terms of it was a tough season from, from start to finish. I think the difficulty came for Wolves fans was the relegation from the Championship. Now, um, yeah. listen, you know, you know I was going to ask this. I, I've only cried at two football games, Jamie. The playoff final in 2003... And Brighton away, 4th of May 2013. Yeah. All I'll say is on the pitch that day, there was yourself, Kevin Doyle, Roger Johnson, Matt Doherty, Sacco, mm. Stephen Hunt, Carl Henry. That was a team capable, and I'm going to give you this now, that was a team capable of winning the championship. Yeah, yeah. Not was. getting relegated. No, it was. No, it was. I mean, it was, um, it was a good side, a very good side. And we totally lost our way really I mean when yeah. Mick left the, the the club just kind of lost its way the players lost its way um, you know and um, it was it was a, it was kind of a real bad sort of feeling around the club in terms of in the dressing room it just wasn't right you know it kept changing the manager I mean when Mick left you know they brought in said they was going to bring in another manager and then TC come in which was his assistant yeah. who, who basically said to us that he didn't want the job but they yeah. gave it to him anyway so and then obviously that didn't work out and then Solback and come in which was yeah. a bit of a disaster which was a disaster and then um, and then Dean Saunders took over so I mean it was kind of it was it was all over the place you know and it was a real sort of weird sort of feeling there at them and at the, the but at the end of the day the performances on the pitch were nowhere near good enough even even without a manager that club should have you know should never ever have got relegated and um yeah that brighton that was probably the lowest point of my career really because obviously i'd come back from the injury i think i only played 15 or 16 games in that championship season um, so yeah, I, 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 I come back towards the end of it um, to try and get myself fit again. I'd got over that groin problem. I wasn't fit, um, but obviously I, I knew the team, you know, needed some quality, and, and, I, and I thought, you know, I could get out there and, and you know, even at not a hundred percent, I could try and do enough to yes. to help the team get some results to keep them up, you know, because it would it was a complete disaster to think that the club would go down. Uh, um, and it was kind of the first time where you a big team like Wolves had, had actually got relegated again. I mean, you've seen it happen a few more times now. Big clubs have gone down like Hull and that, and you know, in Sunderland, you know, it, 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 it has. You see it more. It happen, you know, more often yes. now, which is, which it was the first time really that it happened with a decent squad that had gone from Prem straight down again. So um, it was. I mean, that moment. It was a terrible day. I knew we needed to win. By something, I mean, we had to try and win four, yeah, by four, four goals or five, something. Four or five, so, won it. 
Yeah, and, and I think I got sent off as well in a couple of weeks beforehand. I didn't play in the game against Charlton, and um, you know it was it was a real sort of tough moment for me. I was miles off it in terms of my fitness and mentally I wasn't right. Uh, obviously the fans had turned by then, and I was having a real bad. I was in a real bad moment. My confidence had gone. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt like everyone was on top of me. I felt like everyone was was blaming me for for the fact that the club was was in the and really bad in the championship when we're getting relegated. And I felt like I hadn't even really played. I mean, you know, I was injured. I was injured for half the season. I mean, Jamie, um, I'm not particularly proud of what I'm going to say now. But listen, Wolves were one 0 down after five minutes. You know, it seemed like we was going down without a fight. Then. Obviously, yeah. the fans started, and I was singing it as well, and I'll, I'll admit that to you, 30k, you're having a laugh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can, can you confirm, was we within 20k of the real amount? I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you, you you were close, obviously. You know, yeah. look, my contract look, my contract was my contract, didn't yes. it? and I always say this, like, I never asked for the money, Wolves yes. gave me the money. You yes. know, they offered the contract, it didn't work out, I didn't have a release, uh, you know, I, I, I actually had a... Um, a reduction in my wages when I dropped down to the championship. Yeah, I, I dropped fifteen percent of my money. Yeah. So everyone was still thinking I was on forty grand a week, and I actually wasn't. I was yeah. on, I was on fifth, I was on fifteen grand a week in the championship with five grand a week appearance. Right. So I wasn't on that big massive contract. Mm. And what was, and, that, and that's actually, I, I remember everyone singing that. And obviously, I was felt like it was everything was just tight. Yeah. I've had it all like on me. Yes. And I was I was disappointed and a lot of the players as well just kind of allowed it. it. Didn't there wasn't anyone there who kind of was like, Hold on, let's get behind Jamie and, and try and build him up a bit and build his confidence up. They yeah. were all quite happy for me to be the scapegoat. And yeah. I kinda of never really I never really forgot that with a lot of them because they were the ones who weren't performing as well. It wasn't just me. You know, it was there was there was, you know, eighteen other players in that squad who were really poor that season as well. And kind of just went under the radar of, of being really poor because everything was aimed at Jamie O'Hara because I was the big, uh, apparent I was the, the one on the big contract. But there was other players there on the same money as me yeah. who were who were, were massively underperforming. But I brought it upon myself because I made big, I made mistakes. I was quite vocal. You know, I had a high profile relationship and, you know, everyone thought I was so off the pitch. I, I didn't conduct myself in the right way. You know, I, I didn't conduct myself in the right way. I said things in interviews which I shouldn't have said. And I look back, I was I was stupid. I made mistakes. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have, you know, put my thumbs up to the fans. That was just yeah. a stupid thing because they're hurt. <laughs> they're massively, yeah, they're hurting. And yeah. the reason I actually put my thumbs up was, and, and this is the honest truth, they were singing 40 grand a week, you're having a laugh. And I put my thumbs up to, to basically say, you think I'm on forty grand a week, but I'm actually not. I'm on. I'm on fifteen. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, and and that's and I didn't put my thumbs up to go. Yeah, all right. You know, uh, you user idiots. Yes, you know, yes. I, I actually put my thumbs up to say you think I'm on that, and I'm not. Yeah. And but obviously it, it got took the complete wrong way. And by that point, the club had got relegated. I was the scapegoat for it all. Yeah. And I had to just kind of suffer it. And listen, I was hurting. After that game, I was hurting. I didn't want to speak to anyone. I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't deal with even taking any criticism. I just kind of completely tried to get myself out of that situation as quick as possible. But there was no way out of it. The club had got relegated. I was part of that. And I had to stand up and, uh, and take the stick. But no one else wanted to take the stick. And, every, and everyone was quite happy just to, to just 
put it on me, even the club. The club were quite happy for me to be the scapegoat. No one wanted to help me get through it. No one wanted to put their arm around me and say, look, we can try and make this work for you. We can get you back fit. You know, and, you know, there were, other, there were 15, 18 other players there who didn't perform. Yes. But I, I took it upon myself and said, you know what, if I'm going to take the stick, I have to live with it. I've come in on the big contract, you know, supposedly that everyone thought I was the highest earner and I had to take the stick for it. And, that, and that's just how it was. And it was it was horrible. I tell you, it was the most horrible feeling and the, and the most horrible moment because all I ever wanted to do was it for it to go well. You know, I wanted to go out there and give 100%. My performances weren't good enough. The things I did off the pitch uh, and some of the interviews that I did were stupid. Um, and I lost that camaraderie with the fans. And as soon yeah. as I lost that, I, I, I always loved having adulation as a player. I always loved having sort of them feelings of the fans loving me. And as soon as that was gone, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to get it back. And Jamie, a couple of things really from that. Fair play to you for... You know, talking about the wages, because I take no pleasure in asking someone's wages from post, you know, 1990 odd onwards. You know, I don't. Um, so, <laughs> and then wages are nothing compared to what the people are on now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Being heck, that's, a, that's a starting wage in the Premier League. Um, that's, 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 that's a championship. That's, that's a League One wage now. <laughs> and... It's fair to say, because you've alluded to this point, it, it, you was having a bit of a turbulent time off the pitch in, in, in your relationship. Yeah. Um, and so for you personally, it was, you know, a tough time, like I said, away from the club. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, listen, I was I was going through, you know, real horrible moments in, in off the pitch. And I, I lost, listen, I lost my way. You know, like everything that I had wanted to do was to build up to to do well for Wolves, to be playing in the Premier League, to have a decent contract. But the problem was, was, and I, I always say this, was when I moved away from my sort of s- circle of people that I trust and love in, in, sort, in, in Kent, when I moved up to Wolves, I didn't have anyone. It was just me. Yes. And I was going out. I was doing. I was. I wasn't. I wasn't a hundred percent focused on being the best version of me as a player. Yes. And because I had injuries and I was struggling, and I wasn't hundred percent, I, I lost me way, and I, I couldn't get it back. And I was trying because I wasn't playing. I would then go out to kind of find that sort of buzz, and you know, go out having a drink and thinking that was you know trying to feel a um, a buzz in your life of you know playing football and being on a football pitch that's the best feeling in the world yes. and when you haven't got that and you're injured or you're not playing or you're not picked or you're not playing well you try and find it in other areas but actually what was happening was it actually making me worse because I was giving off the wrong impression and the wrong um, version of myself to people and people yeah. were just thinking oh he's just a party boy he don't care about playing football and that actually wasn't me because all I've ever wanted to do was play football. And even now, I'm still trying to try and play football and try and be fit and try and, you know, I love talking about football. Football's my life. But at that moment in time where I was on my own, I didn't have a family unit around me. I didn't have the sort of the right people around me. I had, a, you know, bad people around me. I, yeah. I just spiralled out of control and... It just and and it just come across to everyone at Wolves that I didn't care, and that wasn't the case. I was just I was lost, you know. I was lost as a person. Yeah, I mean, look, Jamie, it takes a brave man to admit that. And on the flip side of it, you know, there's a certain sect of Wolves fans who've got a culpability because in March 2012, while you was I believe carrying uh, one of your sons in your arms, leaving the the ground, you did clash with a supporter outside Molyneux. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I try not to. A lot of these memories I've kind of put to the back of my mind, to be honest. You know, and yeah. listen, football fans—they're frustrated. You know, and um, it, it's hard, isn't it, to, to to not take out your frustrations on on the players and moments when they're leaving the ground. Um, you know, and and then that was just something I had to deal with. It's obviously it's never nice when you're holding your your son in your arms and someone's coming up calling your names or whatever. But I kind of understood it. You know, like you kind of have to expect that when things are not going well, especially at a huge club like Wolves. You have to kind of you want you want the contract, you want the money, and you want the the sort of the the great things of playing for the club. But then you don't want to take the stick when it's not going well. So I, yeah. you know, I had to kind of deal with that, and I had to. Um, I had to take that on board and and kind of and live with it. I just wish that I was more. I wasn't very wise. I was a young kid who had a, yeah. you know a, a great a great contract and was you know living a nice life. I just wish I'd had that experience before, and so I knew how to handle it. You know, because it was the first time I was experiencing bad moments and and, and everyone you know on your back and everyone's kind of. Um, scrutinising everything you do. It was the first time I'd had that, and I didn't know how to handle it. Of course. And I didn't handle it very. I didn't handle it very well, you know. And and, and I and I always openly held my hand. So I didn't handle that well at Wolves. I was, you know, I, I, all the mistakes I made was because I didn't know how to really handle it. So now, if 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 that happened again, I'd know how to deal with it. I'd know how to you know go about it and I'd know and I'd have the right people around me and the right sort of family unit around me to help me through them situations yes. I just felt like I was on my own and just out there just and everyone was just hammering me and I didn't have any support and and, and I think it's hard because once again you, you had had success at Spurs you'd, you'd had success at Portsmouth you come to Wolves there was no reason it wasn't going to work but it just it did all turn south I mean the reality is as well, um, Jamie, you played under five managers, McCarthy, kind of Solbach and Saunders, then Kenny Jackett come in. Um, you was then banished to what was the known as the Bond squad with a lot of high-profile players uh, and training under Steve Hodge. Was that a particularly difficult time, Jamie? So yes, sorry about that, Jamie. So being banished to the to the bomb squad was that a, a particularly difficult time for you in your career as well? Terrible, terrible time. Um, obviously, Kenny Jacket come in. Um, I really wanted to try and make amends for the disaster of the championship season. You know, I was fit. Uh, spent pre season getting really fit to, you know, kind of come back and say, look, I want to be part of this. I'll, I'll help the club. Uh, get back up and get promoted and then on the first day you come in and Kenny Jackett pulled me into the office and just said you're not going to be part of the squad you're not going to have a squad number um, you're not allowed in the first team changing room you, you've got to go and uh, get changed down at the where the reserves get changed um, and we had our own we had our own changing room for like I think there was seven players yeah. um, and we wasn't and we had our own coach um, Steve they, they, they hired it yeah, they hired a coach just to train us. Yeah. So um, it was it was crazy, really, and 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 hard and and bitter pill to swallow. Um, but it was out of my control. There was nothing I could do. You know, I tried to say, look, I want to be part of it, but they were like, no. And and, and you know, look, I got it. You know, like they wanted to go a different direction. They wanted to get rid of the the players that were 
you know, kind of you'd say wholesale names who were on decent money in League One, which, you know, again, was never in any of the players' contracts that you'd take another reduction. It wasn't in their contracts. Yeah. I had it from the Premier League down to the Championship, but I didn't have it, obviously, to go down to League One. Who did? Yeah, I don't think anyone did. So, yeah. Yeah, so it, and, and I just said, look, I will go on loan. Just get me a loan move. You know, if, if you want me out of the club, that's fine. I understand um, I don't. The last thing I want to do is just sit here and take your money because it's it's been a disaster for everyone. Yes, I've made my mistakes. You haven't really treated me very well. You haven't supported me or tried to help as yeah. a club. So let's just try and resolve this situation and get me and get a loan move for me. Um, I mean, to be honest, Jamie, that, like, the loan move didn't happen. You know, it didn't happen. Did, I mean, I don't be, because you had a reprieve under Kenny Jackett, and he did call you back into the the, the yeah. squad. And I think that I don't think it was his choice. I think it was the directives were from up above, and it was like, right, these are the players we want to get rid of. This is why um, they're saleable assets. Um, you know, we, we don't need them in the squad. No, it was it was it was Kenny's choice. It was right. It was because I, I was tra- I trained with the reserves. I, I just, I, I just get my head down. I didn't. I knew I'd made mistakes in the previous season. I knew the fans wanted me out of the club. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was the scapegoat for that season, yes. even though I felt like it wasn't just me. There was eighteen other players that didn't perform, but I was, I was, I was like, I'm the scapegoat. I'll take it on the chin. Um, but I just kept my head down, and I trained with the reserves. I played in reserve games. Anything they ever, if they asked me to come in on the weekends to train with the kids, I just come in. I didn't say anything. I just kept my mouth shut and I said, I'm just going to keep myself fit until something comes up. And then what happened was obviously, I think a few players got injured. They was in the, obviously in League One. Yeah. Um, and I was playing in reserve games, playing really well. Um, you know, scoring, playing well, looking fit. And Kenny Jackett just said to me, he said, look, I, I, I he said, "You're training really well. We, I've got, you know, I haven't got the numbers. It's kind of ridiculous. A player of your ability is just in in the reserves. Um, I, I might as well use you. Yeah. You know? So I think obviously they had a conversation about it, and they they come to a decision. Look, let, let's give him a chance. Let's let's get him back. Yeah. Um, and then I did. I, I played a, a few games." And I think it was obviously one as well to kind of put me back in the shop window a little bit to maybe yeah, yeah, get a yeah. move. And, you know, obviously I was so devalued as a player by that point that it was, you know, no one was going to take me alone because I hadn't seen me play for ages. So uh, it was it was kind of a, a, a catch-22. Um, but I come back in and, you know, I've done all right. I played, I was training with the first team. And then as soon as them players come back fit again, Kenny Jackett just bombed me off again. And I was just like... Well, it, you know, you just treated me like a complete mug, um, you know, and he just put me back in. He just put me back in. So he just pulled me in and said, right, that's it. You're not going to be involved anymore now. And you can go back train with with uh, with the coach. And I was training on my own, you know, just and, you know, I was just that was just kind of epitomised the way I kind of got treated there, you know, and it wasn't I just kind of got treated like I was, um you know, like I was complete poison, and I, and I really wasn't. I genuinely just wanted to try and play well yeah. and do well for the club. But when someone's when you're constantly being treated poorly, 
in the end, one, your confidence is gone because you've got no support from anyone. Yes. And two, you kind of just in the end go, oh, I've had enough now. Like, you know, like, just just try and get me out of the club, you know, because you don't want me here. It, let, let's just try and resolve the situation. Now, you, the funny thing is, and I heard a story, actually, you worked with Kenny Jacket. Obviously, you played under him at Millwall um, when, you yeah. was, when you was on loan earlier in your career. And there was a little incident, I believe, at Carlisle where you caught the train out, weren't there? Yeah, he wasn't the manager, Kenny. That was a different. That was when I was. Oh, like, right. 17. Sorry, sorry. No, no, he wasn't the manager. No, so um, he was there though yeah, at one that, point, wasn't he? Under he your was belief, there. yeah. He yeah. he come in when I was, uh, I think I was eighteen, and he come in as the manager of Mirwall, and I played really well for him. He loved me, and I, I was I was playing really well for uh, for Kenny then, and and you know he was he's a, he's a very good manager at that level. You know, League yes. One Championship, like he's he's great. You know, he knows how to get teams out of that division. Um, so you know, obviously, I knew him, but it, it was it wasn't really down to Kenny who who was controlling that situation. You know, it was obviously from above, and they wanted me, you know, out of the club. Yeah. And in the end, it got to a point where they had to kind of, you know, where uh, the, I was I was going on tr I was going on trial to teams, and I was under contract to Wolves. I was going on trial to like Blackpool yeah. and stuff like that, just just to say, look, I'll go anywhere, just just. I want to go and play football. I need to play, um, but no one, no one w was willing to kind of to to sort of pay the wages, you know. And I just yes. said, if you want me out, you, you're going to have to just let me go and play. And then, and then obviously someone will want me, and then it's going it's going to work for for everyone. But the, Wolves weren't willing to do that. There was a funny story though. Sorry, that's what I meant, Jamie. Just to backtrack, when you was at Millwall, um, you played at Carlisle, didn't you? And you ended up catching the train back on your own. Yeah, I was 18. I was a young kid. Obviously, um, I got took off at half time and, and I had a fallout with um, one of the managers. Uh, well, it wasn't the manager. He didn't have a fallout with him. He took me off. He dragged me off for half hour. Yeah. Uh, and being obviously a, a stupid young kid, I, 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 I got the train home. And um, obviously, that was you know uh, just a mistake that I made when I was a kid. And um, but the manager got the sack the next day because the, the team was so bad. Yeah. Um, and all the Millwall fans kind of were like, "Well, what did you, you know, what did what did the manager expect? You took off one of the players, one of our best players." And yes. Kenny Jacket come in and said, "Jamie, I, I really like you. You know, mate, I want you to play week in week out." And that and that's kind of how that went, you know. And I've I done really well for Millwall. And one one thing the Wolves fans probably don't know when you actually left the club. You actually wrote off, I believe, over a million pounds, which was left on your contract. Yeah, yeah, I did. So, not, obviously, not a lot of people know that. I, I still had uh, eighteen months left on my, uh, on my deal, and you know, I sacrificed a whole year's worth of money, yeah. um, just because I looked at it and thought, I can't do another year of not playing. Yes. So, if no one was willing to to actually sign me and pay me. I was like, I, I'm in such a bad place mentally anyway that I'm never going to play football again if I just sit here. I can't continue just to sit here. I'm trying to get out. The club won't let me leave because no one's going to pay any... Because clubs are saying that we're not going to pay them wages. So I had to I had to find a solution. And the solution was, was in the end, I just thought, well, I'm going to have to sacrifice a year's worth of money if I want to play football again because I need to get out of the club. So come to an agreement with the club. Um... And yeah, I, I, you know, I, I left, and um, 
and yeah, yeah and I've sacrificed a whole year's worth of, of my wages. Yeah, and, and, which and, I could probably do with right now. To be <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> I was going to say, mate, that's a lot of money to. Uh, I know it was to, a lot of money, but at the time it was. I, I, I never played football for money. You know, they gave me a five-year contract. I didn't ask for it. They yeah. gave it to me. So, you know, it got to the point where I was like, I would have been happy with four-year contracts. So, you know, at the end of the day, that last year of money was, the, it had not worked out. The five-year contract that was, you know, just a disaster for everyone, including me, because I couldn't leave because I was stuck there on money. The clubs weren't willing to pay for me. So I, I just looked at it and thought, I've got to get out and play football because otherwise I'm never going to play football again. Yes. And and all I wanted to do was play football. So I just thought, you know what, just just get me out of here. I just, I want to leave. Um, but yeah, in, hind- in hindsight, now when you're 34 years of age and you, you look at it and go, I could have, I could have done with that quid. I should have dug, yeah, dug my heels in for another few months. Um, <laughs> and, in, and, in, and in 2017, Billy Ricky effectively was your last club. I know you made, I believe you made your debut for Dorking yesterday and I've seen that left foot wand um, well, come out again. But uh, uh, I think Billy Ricky was your last club at 30. I mean, Jamie, yeah. the reality is, mate, I'm going to level with you. This was a career that promised so much. You're still only 34 now. The reality is you could still be doing a job in the Championship, maybe the Premier League, if things had gone right. That career promised so much. Do you think you reached your full potential? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I didn't reach my full potential at all. I mean, I I should have played over 100 games for Wolves I should have played 200 games for Wolves you know I, yeah. I should have should have been playing in the championship with Wolves for a long time and should have been part of that whole era um, but I just my body just I just completely let me down and um, I'd, I had back surgery after when I was at Portsmouth which was the catalyst of everything in terms of injuries for me. And every every time I got back to sort of really good fitness again, I'd get a groin injury or I'd get a knee injury or I'd get an ankle injury. You know, when I when I left Wolves, I went to Blackpool, got player of the season, you know, uh, but then done my ankle at the end of that season. Yeah. And then tried to get back fit, went to Fulham on trial, got a contract at Fulham, played 40 games for Fulham that season and got injured at the end of it. You know, when I'm trying to get another contract and Fulham were like, oh, you know, we don't know about your injury. They signed Kevin McDonald, you know, and it was... Uh, and so all the time that I was almost just you know, at them great points of doing well to f- keep fulfilling my potential to keep moving on. I just had another injury and another injury and my body just couldn't take it. And in the end, I just kind of, I got to the point where I've like, I've done this for 15 years, you know, since I was kind of 16, really. I got to 30, 31 and I just thought, I can't take any more sort of, Rejection. I can't take any more sort of building myself up to think I can. Oh, I might be able to do it. I might be able to get there. And I, 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 I just wanted to get away from it all. I just wanted to get away from it. I needed. I just needed to get away from football because it was just mentally killing me. Yeah. Uh, and that's why. And that's why I obviously. And then I was going through, you know, divorce. I was going through personal issues. Yeah. And it kind of just. And in the end, I just thought I need to get away from football and get away from, you know, feeling like. I'm not good enough because otherwise I'm going to do something I regret. And I just turned, I just turned away from it for six months. Uh, and did it, I, did it really got, get that low for you, Jamie? When you said I'm going to do something I regret, did it get that low for you? Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was times when I used to drive to training at Wolves, and 
I weren't allowed in the training ground until I was like three o'clock and, you know, I was going through sort of divorce and no, I had no support. Everyone hated me around sort of the Wolves area and I just, there were times when I just wanted to drive into a wall. I really was. I was just, it was, it was, it was terrible for me really because I've always just wanted to be liked. That's my character. I've just, I've always just wanted to be liked. I've just wanted people to enjoy my company and, and and you know and just enjoy me playing football and that's all I ever wanted to do and that period of my life was just a disaster and um, in the end I just I just needed to get away from it all uh, and just kind of find sort of some happiness again and then you know I met uh, my my fiance who's my fiance now yeah um, I met her and you know she really helped me she built me back up she gave me confidence she she believed in me she stuck by me through sort of when I was going through bad moments and, you know, and then I kind of come out of that the other side and started believing in sort of, you know, and, and then I realised oh, my life is football, my life. Yes. How can I go into this stupid world of celebrity rubbish? Celebrity and, you know, Big Brother 2017. Yeah, <laughs> Big Brother and doing, you know, and listen, the reason I've done that, the money was great, you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't turn down the money. You so just walked away from a million quid, for God's sake. I know, but I, I, but I had to give half of that to the ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I, I needed the money. Yes. You know, I needed the money. So um, it was it was something I thought, listen, I, 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 just do it. It's something different and see what happens. You never know where it took, you know, you never know where it might take you. Yeah. Um, and it kind of set me on a path of, where I am now, which I love and what I'm yes. doing. So, you know, I don't regret it because it set me on a, a new journey and a new direction. But it was, um, it made me realise how much I loved football and how much I wanted to just be part of football yes. and not part of that nonsense, you know. And what does the future hold for you now, Jamie? Because I know you're doing, obviously, fantastic with your media work and, you know, you're still getting yeah. your boots on. What does the future hold for Jamie O'Hara? Well, I mean... Listen, I, obviously, I'm, I can't, I can't see me coming back playing again because fitness-wise and stuff like that, the, the, the boys now are so fit, even at non-league level. Like the fitness is is just so great. Yeah. I can still pass. I can move it around, and you know, and you know, I know the guys at Dorking that I know the owner, and he's a great guy. And he said, look, just come down and train, get yourself fit, and just see how you feel. You know, there's no pressure. Um, so yeah, I, you know I love coaching. You know, being the manager of Billericay was was brilliant. I loved that. Even though I took over in like a crazy period, with yeah. the owners leaving and all the best players leaving, I actually done well just to kind of steady the ship and keep the club afloat, which I was proud of. But you know, I love doing coaching. I'd love to be part of you know uh, being an assistant manager in the league with someone or you know coaching uh, at the higher level. Um, and then just doing all the sort of all the media stuff with Talksport, and I'm doing the presenting now, which has gone really well. Um, so I'm just going with the flow and just seeing what happens. You know, it's a journey. And all I know is is that if I'm as long as I'm part of anything to do with football, yeah, I'm happy. If I'm not part of football, then I'm not happy. Yeah, and that's what I've realised. I'm happiest the most when I'm either on a football pitch or I'm talking about football. Brilliant. And if if you can look back on one abiding memory, I know it's going to be difficult, but there is actually a couple. <laughs> a one abiding memory from your time at Wolves, which actually you look back on, it puts a smile on your face, and you know that it's going to put a smile on the Wolves fans' faces as well. What would it be? Oh, I'd, I'd have to say that free kick. Yeah. That moment of just pure, you know, that's euphoria of scoring in, you know, the, the biggest game of the season, the one that everyone looked for in that, you know, when that was 
we were riding high. I was playing well. I was, you know, part of that sort of folklore, really, of, of scoring a, a great goal in a great moment. That was the one that sticks out. I had a terrible time at Wolves. You know, I didn't get treated well, but that was down to me not being fit and, and not, you know, I, I wasn't 100%. I don't think I was ever 100% when I played for Wolves. You know, I was always carrying an injury, always carrying a knock. I went through a terrible time personally as well. And, you know, I did. I let the fans down. I let the club down. But that, the, the club moved on. I moved on. And everyone's, you know, and everyone's got over it. And I, I still sit here to this day and say, I wish that, I just wish that could have gone better. But it happens, you know, it happens in football. You see it happen all the time. And it was just one of them painful moments. But um, I was, you know, I was the scapegoat and, and I had to live with that. Well, Jamie, you know, it takes a man to admit some of the things you've told me today. Obviously, we've got, you've talked about all the personal side of things, how it's affected you. So firstly, I want to, you know, thank you for representing our great club. Thank you for sticking that one up the Albion, because that was a great memory. <laughs> and, and, and more importantly, um, from a life perspective, thank you for really opening up for me today, because we've spoke about some difficult things, some difficult periods in your life. And, mm. you know, once again, you only wanted it to work out. So thank you for your time today, Jamie. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Good luck, mate. Cheers, mate.